This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. Hey everyone, you may have seen the video of Ron DeSantis saying that on day one as president, he will start slitting throats to take on the deep state. That's a direct quote. I'll roll the clip just as a reminder, but what I really want to show you is the response of a buddy of mine, a military vet that went super viral. Here we go. All these deep state people, you know, we're going to start slitting throats on day one um, and be ready to go. Hello, this is a message for little Ron DeSantis. My name is Will Attic, Executive Director of the Union Veterans Council, and we're an organization that represents working class veterans all over the country. And Ron should know that one of the most important things for veterans is to make sure they've got good, stable employment when they get home. And that's why veterans are, set, are three times more likely to be in federal employment, seven times more likely if you're a disabled veteran, and 10 times more likely if you're a severely di disabled veteran like my friends who lost legs and limbs in Iraq and Afghanistan. Yesterday, you said one of the most vile and disgusting things I've ever heard, putting veterans at risk. You said that you would be ready to slit the throats of federal employees day one. So I want to let you know who those federal employees are. Because I think we should. In the Office of Personnel Management, 28% are veterans. In the, in the Department of Veterans Affairs, who care for our veterans every single day, 31% are veterans. Department of Transportation, 36%. And our Department of Defense, the people who keep our country safe every single day, 47% of them are veterans. Now, Ron, I know you like to like ask people to go places. So I'm here to say I would like to meet you anytime, any place, and have a conversation about which one of these veterans you would slit their throat for first. Disgraceful. Will, it's been a while. How you been? It's been really good, Ken. Um, it's been a while since I've seen you. It's been I've been really looking forward to your show. Really excited about your show right now. Um, um, it's really doing good stuff. But a long time since I think 2018 around. Yeah, probably. Well, uh, you've certainly been busy. This latest video you put out, which I, I just rolled for viewers, has over a million views. What prompted you to take on uh, Governor DeSantis in this way? Well, so uh, first of all, I, you know, I'm very lucky to lead an organization called the Union Veterans Council. We represent union veterans all over the country, and a whole lot of them are federal employees. Uh, people don't realize one in four veterans, uh, one in four federal employees are veterans from every single department has high numbers. And uh, I got a phone call from one of my friends yesterday morning or on, on Friday morning. It's a federal worker that said he's talking about me and my family. When he when when he when, and he showed me a clip of Ron DeSantis saying that he was literally going to start slitting throats on day one of his presidency if he gets elected, and to me that just goes against every value and idea that I was taught as a as a kid growing up in Southern Illinois, in a small town. Um, we were taught that words mattered, Ken, and I don't. I, I think that's a disqualifying factor. Um, there's no way I could go into a job interview and said, you know. I think some of your managers might not be doing that good. So I'm going to start slitting throats day one. 
you're not going to get a job in a corporate America talking like that. And how, how can you try to be someone with honor, with dignity? And, and at a time when um, federal workers are worried about a government shutdown looming here pretty soon, to say something like this, it, it's, it's just it's ridiculous, in my opinion. Well, it's obviously insensitive. It's an offense to every man and woman, vets and non-vets alike, who devote their lives to serving the country in government. But it's also provocative in another way. Can you talk about the power of words, especially in the political climate we're in right now, to incite? We're going to hear from the DeSantis campaign that it was metaphorical. Of course, he's not talking about doing that in reality, but not everyone is going to take it that way. And he knows better. Absolutely. Absolutely. He knows better than that. That's what he's trying to do. You know, he is trying to out Trump Trump so that I think if, if somebody if someone gets in a little bit of trouble, too much trouble, I think he wants to take that role of, of the divider in chief. And 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 words do matter. And there's a lot of people who pay attention to words. And we saw this with four years of President Trump attacking the federal government, employees at work, the vast majority work outside of Washington, D.C. And what, what they're trying to do is go to work every day. And now they have to worry about people attacking FBI centers, attacking federal buildings, social security offices are being attacked by these radicals because they get fired up when they hear someone say slit throats. We've heard very clearly in the last few months what words can matter when it comes to these court cases. Uh, we, we saw what happened January 6th. And, and, you know, that's the closest we've came in a long time in America to having to really see what defending our country against all enemies really meant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Florida isn't exactly an exemplar for responsible government in in this regard. Uh, I mean, some of the the worst examples of extremist activity of these provocations actually resulting in in physical altercations happen on Ron DeSantis's watch. One hundred percent. And what really makes me upset is he knows better. He, he's a military officer. Um, he, but he knows that this is how he's going to win his election. And that is the most disgraceful part of this. And it really just disgusts me. And, you know, in that video, I asked him, you know, I explained to him that, you know, 40% of the DOD, uh, 30% of the VA, um, down the line of all the departments, how many veterans. And I, I asked, I said, you know, I want to talk to him about how, which one of these veterans is he going to slit the throat of first, right? Which one? And, and I, the feedback I've gotten from everyday workers, from federal employees, when you go through their comment session of that video, it is incredible to hear the support from those workers. And, and, and mostly people are just astounded that someone who thinks they're trying, trying to be president would use words like that to inflame because we do have problems. Um, we, we have problems with the veterans. We have people targeting veterans for extremist ideologies. There's a lot of folks from where I'm from that are being targeted and uh, we've got to fight back. And I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of us kind of just keeping our gloves off, you know, and, and I'm ready to get back into this and like say, you know, I believe in America. I believe in what I was taught, that this is the shiny city on the hill. But like somewhere or another, the key got lost and we, we've got to break that door down and, and we've got to stand up to these people who've stolen the flag, who've stolen the word patriotism. It's not cool to talk about slitting people's throats, just like it's not cool to walk into a, a school with an AR-15. And, and, you know, we've got to realize that those are the things that we've got to start fighting against in a real, real way, Ken. I think veterans have a special role to play in in pushing back and marshalling the, the energy and the, the moral authority to push back. 
while they are definitely targeted for recruitment into extremist organizations, the vast majority not only want nothing to do with that, but like you and I are finding ways to push back. And, and how do you see the voice of veterans elevating the pushback we need against the violent rhetoric of people like DeSantis and Trump and others? I, I think we're seeing it. We saw it in 2020 to start off with. You know, veterans switched from four, 14 percentage points from Trump in 2016 to Biden in 2020. And wow. it wasn't just because Biden was the most important candidate. It was because they realized the dangers of Trump. Uh, we saw it when we saw the when we saw the Capitol get attacked. We saw veterans on both sides, but I really think that was a wake up call for a lot of us who especially fought in the global war on terror that that saw government buildings destroyed, that saw what a, a mob can do when they get out of control. And and you know I think veterans you know I, I think of a great initiative called Vet to Vote where we're working to get veterans to be more involved in civic society. My program, what I love about it is we go out to uh, regular communities and we build programs for local veterans, not to just go like clean a, a yard up. Uh, we, we want them to get into activism. We want to get them into uh, political organizing, things like that, and let them serve their country again like, the, like they started serving when they were 17, 18 years old. Hey, everyone. If you've been watching this show, you've already heard me mention our sponsor, Storied Hats. Thanks to all of you who've already bought one. You know they are top quality hats made in fair trade facilities with sustainable materials. I've got a great new offer for listeners of this show. If you get one hat, it's 15% off. And if you get a second hat, that one is 50% off. Check them out, get a great hat or two, and support both our show and a small business that is doing its part for the planet. Thanks. Say a little more about Vet the Vote, because I want to make sure people understand the the distinction. It's a nonpartisan group of veterans trying to educate voters, trying to get veterans to volunteer in polling places. There are some other groups nominally organized by veterans that are actually pure voter intimidation um, organizations. And, and we need to call those out. We need, you know, anybody, there should be only one idea when it comes to voting in America is how easy and how efficiently we can yep. let every single American have their voice that one single day, right? That's one day that we're all equal. I, I can be a billionaire or I could be, you know, a, a homeless veteran living on my mom's couch waiting to get a job. And my voice is just as, as, as much heard as everybody else. I think that's incredibly important. And we, we see so many attacks on voting rights. But uh, Vet to Vote is a great organization of, of veterans that um, what they encourage veterans to do is just help and volunteer. People don't realize how hard it is to put an election on, right? We have the best election system in, in, in the world here in America. One of the best election systems, it doesn't have much fraud. It, we, have, we, get, we, we get early results in, in, in the grand scheme of things. And, but we need people to volunteer across the country. And, and this is veterans stepping up to do that uh, in a really, really big way. You mentioned the idea that veterans bring to this conversation some, some hard-won awareness about what happens when things fall apart, you know, seeing buildings bombed and government officials targeted. We've also seen civil war close up in places like Iraq and Afghanistan. Do you ever think about your experience overseas in what you see unfolding in the U.S. today? You know, there's one time I felt that way, and that was on January 6th. Mm -hmm. And um, I was texting with uh, some of the staffers that I knew 
Um, and I'm a combat infantry veteran. Um, I was in 126 Infantry to Blue Spaders. We're one of the hardest hit units uh, since Vietnam. We were in the surge. We were in OF2. We didn't get sent places where we didn't get to have, you know, do our jobs. Um, and I live with that the rest of my life. Um, and I live knowing that I'm a certain person, but I, but I was willing to fight for my country. On January 6th was the first time I, I, I felt like I wanted to go fight for my country again in a real, in, in the way that I know. I, I fight for my country every day, but it, it felt that my country was going to need me once again. Um, and I, and, and, and I, I felt like our democracy and our republic needed me once again. And I was ready to go. And, and, I, and I really mean that. And that's a horrible thing to have to think about, Ken. Like, I never want to think about having to be violent again in my life. Uh, and most veterans feel that way. And I, I don't know where we got away with this, like, glorification of, of, how, of, of, of militarism. Like, I, I watch these folks running around in their crossplay outfits, you know, at rallies and stuff. And it's like, they've got better equipment than I had in Iraq. That's for darn sure. But who are they fighting, right? Some books, right? Some constitutional ideas that we all should be fighting for, that they're fighting against. I'm just not really sure. I, I don't think that we're going to get to that place. I think I, I have belief in this country. I, I have belief in enough people are going to stand up and, and, and squash that junk out. Um, but we have to start calling it out. We have to start taking our gloves off. We, have, we can't be scared of words like patriotism and freedom. And, and we can't be scared of our country. We, we can be proud of it and know that we can fix it. Every day we can get a little bit closer to making it that American dream for everybody. I totally agree. One of the things that strikes me about the folks rushing to DeSantis's defense when he says slitting throats, uh, there are some veterans among them, but, you know, it's like the the two year Marine washout. Uh, it, it's not people who've been on the front lines. It's not people who know the seriousness of of rhetoric like that. It's these cosplay veterans or the ones you're alluding to, the ones who dress up like they've been to war but never have, uh, who, who revel in this language of, of violence and the glorification of violence, having no real appreciation for what they're talking about. You know, it, I think civics is something that we, we should really do a better job of in, in the United States. Um, and uh, I'm very lucky that I, I, I was interested in stuff young and early and, 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 and try to I try to understand how my country works. But so many people are willing to just say, the government doesn't work. The systems are rigged against me. Um, my freedoms are being taken away. But if you ask them anything about the Constitution, except maybe one or two lines, if you ask them about how elections are held in America, if you ask them what it takes to actually put term limits in place, they couldn't tell you it if their life depended on it. Right. It's like I love the little the republic versus a democracy. It's the, it's what I walk people into every single day just to let them know that they have no idea about civics. And, and, and it's I'm not I'm not I'm, I'm a high school educated union pipe fitter that, that served seven years in the army as an infantry soldier and led soldiers in combat. And now I get to do something really cool. But I don't it's not like I, I took the time and I had to, and, and cared about my country to learn about it as much as I possibly can. And I think we all should do that just a little bit more. I agree. I want to bring the focus back to DeSantis to close us out. What is so both ironic and infuriating about his commentary on things like this, on on winnowing the ranks of government, is that this is a guy who has spent most of his adult life in government, be it in the military, which is, you know, a government job, then House of Representatives, then then governor 
of Florida. He's also got a law degree from Harvard. He knows better when it comes to constitutional issues, stuff we've talked about. And and you just know, appreciating that, that his his posturing is all performative. I mean, he knows better and he says it anyway. It's disgusting. And, you know, I, I truly hope that he issues a, a true apology. I've already heard him say it was just words. Um, again, my mom told me and my dad told me, taught me that words matter, Ken. And, and, and that's what Southern Illinois taught me, that, that you, you have very few things in life, but words are one of them. And he is a complete fraud. Um, he has no honor. He wouldn't know what honor was if it hit him in the backside as he left this race in disgrace. And this isn't even about politics. This is about being a decent American, Ken. Yeah. Got any more videos planned? Um, I think Tommy Tuberville, since things are a little hot today, um, I, I really wasn't planning, but I, I believe, uh, I, I think there's a there's a senator named Tommy Tuberville that uh, is really, really messing with our military right now. And I think that he's going to he's going to get get an earful for me from me. Also, you know, the U.S. Army, who I love so much, uh, we just we just uh, our, our command sergeant major and uh, chief of staff just 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 walked out the door the other day. And, and we're another branch that has no true leadership at the top because of one man, not even a Republican party, one man who thinks white nationalism is okay. And he's holding up our military, the greatest fighting force, the, 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 the arsenal of democracy, and he's doing it for political gain and, 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 and identity politics. And he's the first one to say it's not identity politics. And then he says, I believe in what I believe in. And that's the only way it's going to be. Yeah. It, yeah. It's two faced. Talk about someone who needs a civics lesson. This is the same senator who literally did not know what the three branches of government were. Look it up if you think I'm exaggerating. Will, thank you so much. Uh, it's been great having you. We'll do it again. We can do better, Ken. We can do better.